0: welcome to the second episode of the mining your business podcast a show all about process mining data science and advanced business analytics i'm patrick and with me as always my colleague jakub hi there jakub hey patrick today's episode is all about what is process mining how does it work and we'll share some real life examples of process mining implementations stay tuned
1: Welcome to the second episode, and I'm very happy that today we will actually be covering a topic uh, which you are probably listening to, uh, or which is the reason why you are listening to this podcast, and that is, uh, what is process mining? Uh, so what? how does it work? What does it do? What can you do with process mining? What kind of processes and, uh, let's say, projects can you understand as being a process mining project, and what can you cover with it? And everything this will be covered in today's episode where I'm as usual with Patrick, who I will right away go and ask: Patrick, what is process mining and how do you understand process mining?
0: Well, Jakub, uh, that's a that's a good question. So when I first started um here at Process, I I didn't actually quite understand what process mining was. But um of course, through uh through working here for for some time now, from um, what I understand, process mining is the definition of uh, an object inside your um, your business and tracing and following this object throughout your organization and seeing the activities that are attributed, connected to said object, right? So um, we can also straight up look at the definition of what process mining is and here we see that uh, process mining is an analytical discipline for discovering monitoring and improving real processes by extracting data from all sorts of today's information systems many processes are creating a digital footprint and the goal of process mining is to connect the dots of all relevant actions regardless of their origin very nice Yeah, exactly. So that's a a little wordy. So I think it would uh, help if we kind of gave an example of uh, what this could look like. Right. For sure.
1: Uh, I will probably pick that one up. And if you listen to our first episode, which if you didn't, I recommend you should. So go back, uh, stop this one and just go to listen to the first one. But if you did, you know, I was actually giving an example of a coffee bean. So if we are talking about the process. Uh, Let's imagine a coffee bean, which we all so much enjoy and drink every day. Uh, (laughs) Such a coffee bean uh, had to be grown somewhere. It had to be produced. It had to be uh, harvested. It had to be uh, packed and shipped away across the globe. Because as we know, coffee usually grows in a higher altitude, in a warm environment. So uh, sorry, Europe, no coffee uh, (laughs) coffee fields for you, at least for now. Let's see what global warming brings. (laughs) Oh, God uh (laughs) right maybe we get to harvest the coffee in in the alps next to munich one day who knows uh well anyway uh such a coffee bean uh can be for us this a unique id or unique object that we are then tracking on its path or on its process on its journey so we first have uh, a bean that we uh, grow and so we are probably be interesting in how long it grows how well mm-hmm. it grown, uh, what uh where the shape, uh, how what was the impact of the, let's say, the uh weather or the environment mm-hmm. where it was actually uh being grown at. So right. these would be all the inputs that we could collect to such a coffee bean. And then we could go a step further, right? So uh when the coffee gets harvested, we would probably be interested in a ways that it was harvested. So like uh what uh, machines were used for harvesting? Uh, what was the temperature that it was then uh, pr- processed on? Meaning that if you uh, harvest the coffee, you want to roast it. So, like, you can track the temperature, you can track time of the uh, roasting, and then you would go into quality. And, like, you have a bean uh, which you are uh, shipping somewhere, and you probably uh, have a higher uh, quality coffee and lower quality coffee. And all of this is an information that is part of this process and that you can somehow if it's being collected it can be connected to this specific bean and to your specific coffee and from that you can actually create a very good picture of what is the overall process of producing of such a coffee bean and before we even like there is so many more steps like I mentioned shipping so you would probably be interested in uh, how well is or how fast is the coffee shipped from the place where it grows to the consumers and then even like what is the preparation of the coffee so you would make so many sub processes of just one single coffee bean that it's almost mind-blowing for me
0: yeah so um i think it would then also help so now we have this little metaphor of uh, tracing a coffee bean now i think um if we imagine if we take this uh, metaphor a little bit further and say that you are now the owner of a coffee bean plantation let's say and right. you and now our material that we are selling is the coffee bean right so now all of a sudden we have some business processes attached here so um you get an order for some coffee beans and now the the journey of that coffee bean as a process starts right we gotta plant enough seeds so to cover the order right we have to watch them grow in the time to actually satisfy the order in the amount of time that you know we set in the order and now we can also look at not just sending of the of the coffee bean but also sending the the invoice to the customer who wanted the coffee bean right sending it uh, in a shipment watching it get there and then receiving the order and receiving the invoice and then finally hopefully (laughs) paying the the invoice right exactly and there are so many levels uh, at which you are looking at the different
1: processes as such a company as you were mentioning you don't at certain point, you don't only look at your own product, which uh, would be that uh, preparation and producing of the coffee bean, right? But it would be also uh, invoice management, or uh, you know, uh, making sure that the orders are delivered on time and uh, with uh, good precision, so that uh, when Starbucks orders uh, ten tons, uh, ten tons of coffee beans that you don't actually uh, deliver him 10 kilograms. And instead yeah. of that, instead of Starbucks, you deliver 10 tons to your local uh, coffee
0: house, which they yep. would probably don't know wouldn't know what to do with. <laughs> These are exactly the kind of things. Yeah, or quality management, making sure that your coffee beans are packaged properly so that when the company that made the sales order finally gets the coffee, that they don't complain that uh, half the coffee spilled out on the way there. So um, this is obviously all things that are connected to that one bean that we can all tie together to that one bean. So um and that's kind of a I think a good metaphor for process mining. For sure.
1: And now we that in in the world how many companies that actually could consider such a process mining and in my eyes it could be essentially any company from one person to a huge uh, international corporates because essentially in every every company no matter what you do you usually follow uh, a given a process. Yeah. So I I am speaking from my own ex- experience. So I'm running also a personal finance blog on the side. And I just know that whenever I am uh, creating an article, I follow a certain steps, right? So I f- uh, first have to write the article, then I have to edit it. I have to prepare it for publishing, uh, get the pictures, relevant pictures, and so on and so forth. And this already is a process. Yeah. And ideally, if I wanted uh, to grow and get better and eventually employ more people, Then I would look at this whole process of writing and publishing an article, and I would probably try to improve it and to look at the categories or areas where I could probably make it a bit faster, make it a bit better. And eventually that leads to, you know, uh, you wanted to wanting to do the process mining journey.
0: Yeah, yeah, exactly. So um, now that you, I guess, know a little bit about uh, what process mining is, um, do you want to talk about the technical side? Of course, Patrick. Uh, So we are both, (laughs) we have both
1: data scientists and data engineers. So uh, I guess uh, you can just go and start
0: with the technical level of the process mining. What do you do actually, and how does it work? Well, you know, we usually get to uh, the the clients at some level where we discuss kind of what they need from us, kind of what they want to analyze, what parts of their business they, they want to mine their process for. So at that point, we kind of already know what type of data uh, we need to connect, you know, and kind of gather the the information that we need uh, to give them a big list of, hey, these are the things we need, a we server need- that can extract the data from your systems. We need um, to know exactly where and what you store, what sh- with what things, and so on and so forth. So it's kind of like a, a little, you know, getting on the same page of what we need technically, right? So that can take a little bit of time right because obviously um we need to know that we have the right data we need to validate that it's the right data that the data is transported securely um that's uh, obviously very important and um that the that we don't interrupt any business dealings throughout the day if we load too much and things like that these are all things that we need to, to iron out before the actual implementation can start Yeah then we essentially start with the
1: collecting data, which sometimes can be a tricky as well, because uh, for different reasons, the IT architecture is always kind of a, a, a problem that we need to sort out. Uh, sometimes it's very easy. Sometimes it gets a bit more complicated, especially the bigger the company, the bigger the requirements. There are a lot of norms and uh, security obstacles that we really have to be uh, careful about so that we don't, uh, let's say, extract some data that could be uh, very, uh, uh, what's the word, Patrick? Very delicate
0: for, you know, especially yes. when it comes to usernames. <laughs> yes, exactly. So just, you know, that we um, pseudonymize every um, data that we can, that is, um, that is required, you know, so we don't, um, you know, take things into a system where it should not be Let's put yeah it that so
1: way. you know it's uh 2020 or almost 2021 and the data yeah. security in general is a huge topic that really always needs to be discussed in advance so then the next steps once we actually are able to collect the data to connect to the system and we ex- essentially uh, pull the data to another environment uh, really depending on what we are talking about whether it's on-premise, on cloud, but this is a bit too technical that we don't want really to get into right now. I bet that there will be these episodes where we are discussing this more into the deep. However, let's imagine that we have the data that you are interested in, and it doesn't really matter what process it is. We just need to get the data into one lake, into one pool together, and then we can start working with them. So what we do then is that uh, usually most, uh, I would say most of the process mining projects are, somehow executed and built on uh, a language called SQL. So what we do, we are running some uh, uh, queries which uh, help us uh, mine or get the appropriate information that you are looking for. So an example would be that you uh, want to know, you want to have the information of uh, when the purchase order in case of a P2P process was created, right? So we and on our job as a data scientist is to know where do I get this information from. So I need to build queries and I do need to build an uh, backend logic in order to provide you the end user mm-hmm. with uh, something that we uh, called a cases table, where we basically create an occurrence for each activity that we defined you, uh, and we give you the information that represents it which usually consists of uh, right, like the ID, which it could be the coffee bean, it could be the number of the purchase order, or it could be, imagine that you are an insurance company and that you are tracking uh, uh, the the uh, uh, claims, and it could be for
0: you a claim number, for instance. Exactly. So, so it's always um, yeah. like a, a journey of um, having the object that we defined and all the points of data that we want to analyze within the process and how we relate that one object back to those uh, tables that we define. For example, the claims, like you mentioned, how do we connect the purchase order to the claims? In some systems, that's very easy. In some systems, that's a little bit more tricky. But here we go on um, a rather known journey if we know the the systems like sap or something then these kinds of connections are very familiar to us but other uh, in other cases these can be own creations own tables and things like that so we have to make sure that we identify the exact connection between these activities and make sure that uh, the steps of the process actually belong to each other Yeah,
1: and it's actually pretty pretty fun uh, because if you think about it this whole process gives you a lot of Uh, potential for creativity for being creative because there is a lot of ways of how you can actually work with the data and create uh the kind of information that the end user or the business user or whoever is going to be
0: reading the data uh you will give so it's actually nice and it's actually also very important in that way to actually be um you to optimize it yeah because there's several ways to to get to where you need to go in the data but to do it efficiently in a way that the the queries actually execute in a timely manner that's also um a, a knowledge thing yeah. you know an experience thing which we know quite well from our own uh experience yeah. don't we <laughs> yes exactly our, the first queries i've written were so slow you would have no idea <laughs> but it's not our fault for sure <laughs> no of course no it's never our fault no no <laughs> <laughs> just kidding, just kidding. <laughs>
1: Uh right of course, of and course. when we actually have all the data, we have it prepared, we have it uh ready to go, what we need to do, and that's actually the step that everybody's interested in is creating a front end, which means that uh you mm-hmm. know if you build uh, first class uh queries and you know your scripts run uh with the light of speed or speed <laughs> yeah. of light sorry yeah. <laughs> speed of light uh <laughs> uh that's all nice, but if you cannot uh deliver that in a very nice and in an easy way for the end user to read it then uh you your all your backend work is kind of useless you really need the way to visualize everything in a very nice and easy understanding way so that mm-hmm. whoever is going to deal with your data whatever his position or her's position is uh she just comes and knows exactly where to click and what it's actually telling her
0: Exactly, exactly. It should be pretty much that you set up your dashboard and it should be self-explanatory on how to use it and where to find your data to make sure you recognize your own data and things like that. So a lot of um, attention to detail and a lot of time is put into actually creating the the dashboards, making sure that it actually fits to what the use cases are that were defined at the start of the project.
1: Yeah, of course, uh, it's very easily said and done. And uh, usually when we do our projects, we have some kind of a handover phase. When we walk uh, the end users through the reports, we show them where is what and how does it work. But then the next phase is actually the data validation. And that, that is kind of tricky because, you know,
0: mm.
1: when you are measuring the same thing, uh, where two parties are measuring the same thing, uh, I can guarantee you that they are measuring something different. And that's usually the biggest obstacle for us, and it's uh, actually harmonizing the way
0: that we and the customer are looking at the KPIs. Yeah, sometimes it's difficult, of course, to kind of go from the KPIs that they're used to to um, the those same KPIs, but related to a, a process, right? If they've have never seen a process before or their process visualized, it can be sometimes a little daunting for them to see the KPIs kind of represented in a different way or um, um connected to things that they never even thought of so it can be a little bit tricky to kind of um grasp uh, grasp them in that way and say hey this is still the same kpi you just have to measure it this in this way if i use
1: the example with the coffee beans uh mm-hmm. imagine that we give you uh, an exact time when the coffee bean was created and then you are like. Uh, well, what does it mean created? Does it mean when the coffee bean was uh like uh, fully ripe and grown? Was it yep. when it was harvested? Or was it when I packed it and shipped it to the customer? So like f- looking at the same or almost the same information which might be clear to us uh doesn't necessarily yep. mean that it's clear to customer and this is something that usually takes uh quite quite few rounds before we understand each other well enough to actually be comfortable
0: with working with the data. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Exactly. And this is also something that um we do throughout the the project, right? To kind of give our our clients a little bit of a of a introduction and in how to use the dashboards and all those things. But the real value and the real adoption we see in the value creation phase. Right? Yeah, for sure. Because
1: then uh, it's nice to have data, but you know, big companies they have uh, dozens of dashboards and dozens of uh, BI tools. And the adoption itself is very, very difficult and very, very vital, I would say, as well. Because Mm -hmm. at the end of the day, uh, if the adoption is low and or mild, uh, then, well, all the work that we've done or that any other uh, partner implementation partner
0: has done uh, goes to,
1: well, is, is, is useless, I would say.
0: Yeah. Yeah, so um, you really have to kind of um, make sure that the, the clients know what to what they're getting themselves into with this because it's not just um, a nice BI tool to have. It's a, it's a really fundamental way of looking at their business and what they can improve. And
1: for that reason, we believe it's very good to actually tell the story with the data so that when we deliver them yeah. something, let's say that, again, I will bring up the purchase-to-pay process, then uh, what we can uh, do is uh, tell them, Okay, so this is how you started, and here are the bottlenecks. This is what was be, uh, what has been going on. You can put some numbers mm-hmm. on the bottlenecks that they are experiencing, and there yep. you go. you got a very nice use case and a very tangible uh, uh, thing that you can immediately act upon. So this actually, uh, there is another room for creativity of a data scientist or business consultant.
0: Yep, it's kind of seeing the what the data is showing and kind of how to go about it right there's multiple ways uh, to go about it there's also multiple use cases that you discover and some are reap more benefits in a short amount of time than others right so you you need to pick and choose right
1: yeah for sure and essentially when you're done uh well (laughs) that's the that's the funny thing because uh you're never done
0: uh so essentially as soon as you make this improvement you start thinking about well either i can use this on another process that i have in my business or you discover some underlying other things that you wanted to eliminate or another kpi that you can measure things that have to you and it's always kind of a a, an ongoing story in that way you just keep getting better at optimizing keep getting better at measuring and keep getting better at identifying your your pain points Yeah,
1: because once you have the process in place and once you start looking at it for the first time, uh, a massive door open for you, right? So Mm -hmm. you finally see your process, you see the potential for improvements that you have, and suddenly you start getting these ideas. I could look, as you were saying, at that KPI, I could look at that KPI. And at that moment, you already know that you have all the data or you probably have most of the data that you need for measuring all all sorts of things. And then
0: you start digging into the different parts and different areas, and that's where it gets exciting. I'm I'm sure you've noticed this as well that when you implement an initial process with a client, all of a sudden you you start generating buzz, you know, within that company and other parts of the company. For example, if we do an order to cash, right, and then after some time, after we've implemented, and other employees kind of see the value and the 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 real, you know, the real. Power and yeah. think that this now gives other parts of the business, like the purchasing department, all of a sudden sees, oh, this seems really, really good. We could definitely use this, yeah. right? So, other parts of the business will start getting interested. That's uh, that's a great thing. We can really use it pretty much in a whole bunch of places. Yeah. Speaking of which, <laughs> yeah. Speaking of which, we're actually gonna tell you something
1: more about the different areas and use cases that we've either used it on uh, personally or that we have some experience with or that we simply know that is an interesting use case for any aspiring company to uh, roll out process mining internally. So uh, shall we get to it, Patrick?
0: Yeah, sure.
1: Start us off. Right. Uh, So the first one on the list actually is a process mining use case. And that's a very common one that we very often start with is an order to cache. Right. So order to cache is uh, a process which usually starts with a sales order so a customer approaches you want to buy something from you and that's exactly the example we were showing with the coffee so starbucks approaches you as a coffee company wants to buy the coffee you get the sales order from them and then the sales order is processed within your company and you are tracking like for instance uh what is how long it's being processed uh when you are sending different uh, notifications to different different departments when it's finally shipped and then when it uh, when you create actually an invoice and then you send mm-hmm. it to uh, your accounting team,
0: which is another use case. Yep, exactly. So um, from the order to cash, we have a subset, the accounts receivable process, and that essentially tracks you have your materials are out, you you have your services rendered, you have your invoice out, and now you just need to get paid right that is essentially the accounts receivable you have your open invoices and how much discounts are you offering how much are they taking um when are they taking it and when are they overdue for their invoice and so on and so forth yeah
1: and then we have a purchase to pay process which is basically the reverse of order to cash also a very uh very common one yeah oh yeah very common one and i'm actually in the mid uh, midst of implementing this with two of my yep. clients at the moment and what you do there is that you as a company uh also have certain needs and uh, you will need to buy something from uh, as a service or you will need to buy actually material for uh for your pro pro uh, co- like company to produce certain items on your own or certain product or you might even have employees who you know who need uh, a paper to print on so that's another purchase that you will probably do as a bigger company and so what you de- do here is that you track performance of such purchasing you can track whether you are uh whether the vendors that are delivering the goods to you are delivering it on time whether they are late or not and so on
0: mm-hmm.
1: or you can also look at the use cases of uh favorite use case of am buying uh so that means uh, that you buy according to some uh, guidelines within your company
0: that you are using uh, the best payment terms and so on yeah and uh, following that um, the equivalent to the accounts receivable is the accounts payable and here it is essentially your payment um, behavior when you get an invoice how long does it take for you to process how long um, do you actually take to pay it do you go for the cash discount or not um if you were to always go for the cash discount, how much money would you be saving? Uh, how much money are you currently losing out on? Um, it Does it make more sense to optimize cash flow? These are things that you can answer with the accounts payable.
1: Exactly. Next one, we have an account management. And this is something uh, that uh, bigger companies are doing with their customers. So imagine that you are uh, buying a service from, let's say, Selenis, which is a process mining uh, service provider. and Solonis will create an account for you as a company uh, who will be maintained by uh, some manager. And uh, this manager makes sure that uh, your account is being uh, handled well, meaning that you are uh, buying the product that you are repurchasing what you've already had, uh, that everything is going smoothly. And again, you can track this in the process. Uh, Next one, I actually have here uh, hire to retire, which is a little tricky, especially in Europe uh, with all the data privacy and protection. But uh, I know for a fact, because I had uh, a use case for this one from one of uh, Asian customers of ours, where uh, they were actually interested in their employees. So first of all, what you can do is look at the hiring process. Uh, So your identification here would be, well, the person. And you can look at how uh, well or how the process is going, meaning like how are the interviews, if they are scheduled on time, uh, what is the overall acceptance, uh, what is the decline rate. And then if you move forward, uh, these people who get actually ac- accepted and go through your hiring process are actually your employees. And then you can track all a uh, whole bunch of other stuff. <clears throat> For instance, uh, mm-hmm. What I was doing was uh, looking whether, when employee uh, leaves the company uh, for good, whether all the all the pay or all the everything that the company owned him is actually paid him in time and in full. Because then, uh, you know, uh, mm-hmm. the employee could open some legal uh, legal claims on the company, and yeah. that's definitely not nice.
0: Of course, of course. Uh, moving on from that we have incident management and that is all about having dealing with some sort of disruption to your service to your core business or even just a tiny little um, disruption that um, causes some sort of of pain in your organization Um, you know you can track uh, who the incident is opened with who actually takes control of it who is in charge of uh, dealing with it um and how long it takes, for example, to um, solve it. And with that comes obviously the, one, the prevention of incidences. So you can look at root causes. In what conjunction with other data does this disruption happen more often than not? And it kind of gives you a little granular control on kind of managing and also preventing incidences. Right. Uh, up next, you have the service request management. What is it, Patrick? Yeah, so uh, service request management, uh, that is essentially when you internally want something from, for example, the IT service department, you request a new laptop, or you need access to a folder, or what have you, anything that deals with server request uh, uh, service request management. So that's, um, that's obviously a, a big thing. How long does it take for you to s- satisfy that service request, and so on and so forth. Right uh we have
1: still a couple of them uh so for instance i have here a change control which can be simply uh that before you do a certain change in anything that's uh, higher in value and i can for instance think of let's say scripts so then if you are an it company you don't just access the script and change whatever you want so there might be some uh, control and approval process before that a lead management if you are in marketing you are interested in where you are your possible and future customers are coming from so you are uh, putting your ads uh you know on different social media or just uh on uh, in terms of branding somewhere on the other websites and so you are definitely interested how well are they converted at what rate and how long it takes and so on
0: yeah Another one is uh, customer service. So when you get uh, some sort of complaints from one of your customers, how is it handled, by whom, uh, the severity, um, how long does it take for you to um, make this customer happy again, and what's the outcome, what is this going to cost, the the man hours dedicated to said complaint, and that's what you can track with that.
1: Then we have a case management that's uh, essentially what we've already mentioned. So those could be uh, insurance companies who want to see their claims and how uh, well they were they approved, were they rejected the reasons. And then you can go step further if the people who actually uh, cost something or uh, that the insurance then want the money from them, then you can track whether they are paying in time or if, if not, why and like what is going on on the background for this
0: uh another is uh, change management so if you want to upgrade some servers some software needs an upgrade and you want to change something within the company uh you can associate that with uh, costs with risks with urgency and uh, tie that together with other um processes like incident management and and other types of um processes to kind of um facilitate a change in your in your company yeah um another one uh production planning i did this one recently um how severe or how costly is it to change um production plans so um what's uh what's my wh- how long does it take for a production order to be satisfied what if a more important one gets put in do i delay it how far along in the planning is it does it make sense to delay it and everything associated with the 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 journey of a production order that's what's uh, tracked in there
1: yeah and we we still have a couple of them but unfortunately we are slowly slowly coming down with the time so i'll just really really briefly read them so we still have a quote order which is essentially the whole quoting uh, before you make a sales order uh, you have a warehouse management you have a quality management or uh, also if you're looking at the p2p process you have everything that happens before you create purchase order and you can definitely put it into the process with p2p but you can create a sub-processes such as uh, requisitions or contract processes. Uh, you can also have an interesting use case, uh, make-to-order or meter-to-cache. Or even, which uh, we did mm-hmm. once before, is that you assign a certain KPIs to each activity in your process. Uh, and you can assign it uh, a certain environmental impact. So you can essentially make a whole lifecycle process of whatever is it that you are measuring. And then let's say that if uh, some activities are high in impact on environment, you can measure that as well. So instead of uh, a money KPI, instead of knowing how much it costs you as a company, which is definitely the first thing that everybody cares of, mm-hmm. I know that the generally the understanding of... So it's not only about the money anymore. And also yep. you can make a good use case is just looking at the environmental impact.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Maybe that's a topic for a future episode, actually. <sighs> for sure can't wait <laughs> yeah so uh now you've heard a little little bit about what types and the vast array of processes that you can implement um why do you need it why do you need process money Jakub? <laughs> good question i think this is the best question
1: for actually business owners or the business uh, management who are deciding to implement such but in generally it's um It's not only a buzzword, it's really something that you should adapt because it's still in an early phase, because it can give you a huge competitive uh, advantage against,
0: uh, you know, your foes, your your, uh, other companies that you are competing with. Mm -hmm. Kind of give you also a uh, deeper insight, you know, things you might not have thought about that are connected are indeed connected and how, to what extent are they connected? And, you know, it gives you kind of a different view into your business which I think is very interesting.
1: Yeah, or even I know that there are some companies that didn't uh, invest a lot in business analytics uh, generally, and then they just adopt uh, Solonis and they are like amazed uh, by what such a powerful uh, process mining tool can do, and not only in terms of process mining itself, but it can also
0: serve as a very, very good and advanced uh, BI tool. Oh yeah, for sure. Apart from all the process mining, you can definitely implement some, Um, business intelligence kpis and metrics as well yeah and since i already mentioned solonis and i will be honest we might be
1: uh slightly biased at some points because uh, solonis is uh, the tool that we are usually implementing we are proud of it we already said that we are very happy to cooperate with solonis as they are the leader in the market but they're not the only one as there are at least three other that i would like to mention and deserve a credit uh especially for because I would like to be somehow disconnected from uh, talking only about Solonis, but about process mining in general. And uh, hopefully, the community would appreciate also hearing other names. So, here they are. And if you ever think of process mining, you might consider companies such as Solonis or a competition of Process Gold, QPR, or Fluxicon. All of them are the market, all of them have different. Uh, you know pros and cons were uh, are interesting for different kinds of projects so it's definitely interesting looking
0: into for sure for sure so um how can you start with process mining today uh well get in touch with us <laughs> yeah that's that's for, uh, that's for sure dive in see what it's about um and talk to someone either us solonis or process gold qpr flexicon get involved if you're interested that's what i can say
1: it's a very interesting journey, and I strongly, strongly recommend for anyone listening to it if you if you have a power of uh, of you know
0: uh, adapting these kind of things, you definitely should. Yeah So uh, Jakub, where can our listeners hear more about or read more about process money?
1: Well, so we also have a blog where we every up and then put some article on our homepage process.com. But if uh, we, you know, they can listen to us on uh, mediums such as Spotify, Apple Podcasts, mm-hmm. or Google Podcasts, and, uh, you know, we will hear each other in the next episode. Patrick, thank you for your time today and talk to you next time. Yeah, sounds good. Thank you, Jakob. Until then, bye-bye. Bye.